0: Hey, this is John at The Bible Project. This week, we're going to finish a conversation on the Christian ideal. It's a discussion about the biblical theme of holiness. If you haven't listened to the first hour of this conversation, I highly recommend that. It's the last podcast episode. We're having this conversation on holiness because we're making a workbook that will accompany the theme video of holiness. And so we had to get together and discuss what we wanted to cover, how we were going to frame the contents of the workbook. And we began to wrestle with the question, what's going to make someone want to pick up a book on holiness? And as we thought about that, we realized that holiness is really an answer to a more basic question we have as humans, which is how do I live a full, complete, joyful life where relationships are right, where I myself feel good about who I am,
1: It's a desire we all have. It's a desire for a divine life. The Christian narrative is putting its thumb on a really universal human feeling of lack, of emptiness, or of disappointment, or failure. And then in in Jesus of Nazareth, who's the embodiment of the whole story, he is that fullness meeting us on our own terms and then inviting us into something more. And who doesn't want to be a part of that kind of story? Many people don't want to be a part of, of an official religious institution. Whether a person would say, I want to participate in the divine nature. Most people would never say that. But I'm aware that I'm, I don't love as well as I ought to. So if we want to reframe holiness, we want to say that, that those longings and disappointments, those speak to something real. So
0: today on the podcast... We talk holiness, how to participate in the divine nature. We're joined by Paul Pastor, a colleague of ours who's helping us write this workbook. Thanks for listening. Here we go. You know, another word people use to describe that otherness, the completeness, is the word divine. Divine. You know, like, that was such a divine moment. That was a divine mm. encounter. I've, this, I'm experiencing the divine. Yeah. That, that, that meal was divine. That meal was divine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's almost like we're talking about the quest mm. for the divine in a way like this. I mean, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost imagining the workbook being called something like, you know, mm. like Seeking the Divine or the Life of the Divine or something. Mm. But what does it mean
2: mm.
0: practically to Mm. be looking for a life that is more full and more abundant than you normally experience it. Mm -hmm. Why do we have that? Yeah. And what does, what does the Bible have to say about living that kind of life, seeking Mm. that kind of life Mm. that now grabs me and I'm like, yeah, I want to know about that. And then all of a sudden now I'm talking about these things like Mm. God's holiness Mm -hmm. and purity laws. Mm. And I'm talking about Mm. all of a sudden we talk about, actually, that's a dangerous quest. You know, think mm. like mm. while we live in an imperfect state, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a perilous kind of task yeah. at times. Yeah. And so now all those things have a lot more bearing for me and are more interesting than just going into and talking abstractly about yes. about perfection and God's holiness and mm-hmm.
1: um yeah but, yeah but it raised the question: What does it mean for a a human to become divine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. I, and some people get nervous with that kind of question but but that i think that's the humans as far as my life experience i don't realize any kind of divine ideal on a regular basis right so yeah my, but i have moments, moments where i experience something yes very powerful and transcendent i wish they were more often mm. and it seems to me that's what The whole biblical tradition is calling humans into is there is something more.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's those moments where you realize, you know, like you've been working really hard at a relationship or something, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing the fruit of that. Or, you've been working really hard on a project mm. to help you and to help other people and you see the fruit of that. And there's a sense of when it all starts working mm. and evil isn't corrupting it, <laughs> it's just kind of moving. You're mm. like, whoa, this is mm. this feels right. Mm-hmm. And it is rare <laughs> because mm-hmm. there is a lot of corruption yeah. And, yeah. and we never fully can realize right. these things yeah. even in our best intentions. But that is something we long for. And I don't yeah. think anyone would be like, yeah, no. I don't really want that. I think people would say, like, I don't know how to attain that. I don't think I ever would be able to. But no one would
2: say, yeah, count me out of that. Deal me out. Yeah. Strikes me that some of the most direct advice as to how to live that ideal comes from the Apostle Paul in Mm. his writings. Mm. And he always points back to the person of Jesus and the Mm. idea that if, if we are in Jesus, the Holy One. We somehow take his life into ourselves and can mm. begin manifesting that and living that in our individual mm. lives, mm. not just in relationship to a good life or what we might say is a holy or a morally pure life, mm. um, but actually to the point where we get to inherit everything that he gets to inherit. Mm. Um, mm. It's, mm-hmm. this, it's this very abundant language mm-hmm. where because he took on our poverty, we get his richness. Because he took on our death, mm-hmm. we get his life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says again and again, have the same mind in yourself that was in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Walk like Jesus. Grow yeah, that's where the scripture really of
0: mystical Jesus. is that like, can you connect to the same power that Jesus mm-hmm. is connected to? Can, that, yeah. can the spirit of Jesus live inside of you? Mm. Can you keep in step with it? and yeah that yeah becomes very it's not like a five step program
1: no yeah i mean in the video we uh we just actually just use one obscure old testament allusion in the gospel of john to do that where we connected ezekiel's river he has the vision of god's holy presence emanating out of the temple to make the universe new. yeah <laughs> Uh, by a river, it's right. the, what he sees is this image of a river flowing out of Jerusalem, going to the most desolate place on the planet, mm-hmm. the Dead Sea Valley, and making it new. Hmm. And then um, in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, I think it is Jesus, it might be chapter 4, he, may, he has this phrase where he talks about, for those who believe in me, streams of water will flow out of their bellies, <laughs> 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 flowing up to <laughs> eternal life. Right, and uh, he's picking up. Uh, it's like your care bearing Vocabulary. yeah, from that vision. But he's what he's saying is, he talked. To, Jesus talked about himself as the temple, yeah. And then he says, those who so come to me participate in that living participate water. in this divine stream, vi- vitalizing life. Yeah, that flows out of God mm-hmm. and that goes out and into creation, and that people can participate in that. Um, in the video on holiness, that's all we did with it, and then yeah. we were just like, yeah. and then Jesus be part followers of the are to be part of the stream. Or something. <laughs> but yeah, this is this but, this brings us in then to the broader narrative, and holiness just becomes one theme, hmm. one strand. Right. Then the, it, this is connected to
0: then. Oh living man, living in the Spirit. Yeah, all kinds of other yeah, and all sorts of, other of other things.
1: things too. But it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. So it is very connected. Yeah, yeah. and it's the Holy Spirit that makes people holy. It yeah. m- m- makes them. And by that, it's they're set apart, but they're set apart because they're becoming more like the holy God. They're participating more in the divine life. Yeah. Two words that we used
2: earlier uh, were mimic and participate in regards to how we yes. relate to God's holiness. Yeah. It strikes me that those are really interesting, mm. that we mimic who God is, and that we participate somehow mm-hmm. in the space and the life that he's created mm-hmm. to be a canvas for his abundance.
1: In uh, the second letter of Peter, he uses a phrase um, that me- Protestants haven't quite known what to do with. Uh, but the Eastern Orthodox traditions have really jumped on this. But he says um, in Second Peter chapter 1, well, yeah, he opens it, grace and peace to you. God's divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness by truly knowing him who called us by his glory and excellence. And then he says this, For by these traits, his glory and excellence, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them y'all may become participants in God's divine nature. Hmm escaping the corruption hmm. that's in the world by lust. And then he goes on to give this ethical exhortation towards moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness. Hmm. So it, it, he's, he. I don't think the word holiness appeared, hmm. but he's talking about it. But it's a nature thing. Yeah. They call this theosis, don't they? That's right. So it's, there's, a divine, there's a divine character, a set of character hmm. traits that make God set him apart as holy. And the whole biblical story is God getting people to share more in that divine life. Yeah. I can get behind that. He calls it, <laughs> yeah, he calls
2: it glory and goodness.
1: Yeah, that's right. Glory and goodness.
0: Which are different ways to approach that same thing. That's right. Mm.
1: So once again, we're to that thing. Holiness is just describing the difference between me yeah. and a being. It's who the experience is the, yes. of interacting with glory and goodness. Yes. Is, but glory and goodness makes, and beauty and power are the things that... That are the ideal.
2: That's really interesting yeah. then, because uh, Peter here and then Paul as well, they often do follow up these, these huge theological uh, expositions, obviously, mm. with <laughs> with these uh, opportunities to exhort and tell us how to live. Mm-hmm. And maybe a way of thinking about it is to think of those exhortations as protocol, as like the new protocol oh, for yeah, approaching right. yeah. the holiness yeah. uh, found in Jesus, but oh. now the holiness that's found in ourselves as well mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit.
1: hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's protocol when you come into contact with a being who mm-hmm. is life and love.
2: Yeah. And anything itself. having to do with life or death, I I wonder yep. if the same logic of yeah. of the ritual purity, correct, laws would apply. yeah. Uh,
1: yep.
0: There's also some purity language in this. If you continue on in verse 9, it says, "Whoever does not have them, the the, the character qualities, character qualities. Is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed.
1: Yes. What are we saying? So this guides us back to the ideal
2: in some little way, right? Like this points us. Well, yeah, we're saying that Peter
0: here is talking about the desire for the ideal, Mm -hmm. the quest for the ideal.
1: Which he calls the divine nature. Divine
0: nature. Yes. And, um, And he says that there is a divine power that we have in order to participate in it. Yeah. To have a godly life. That's another way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes through this, uh, the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and goodness. Is he talking about Jesus there? Or is he talking about
2: God? Who is the calling one?
1: Uh, I think God's the, the, okay. God, the Father is the calling one. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm just noticing. Um, so the phrase sharers or participants of the divine nature, the word sharer is the word koinonia. Which is the common Greek New Testament word for participation or sharing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yes. Well, actually, in an earlier conversation that we weren't recording, we were talking about having a movement of the of the book on holiness be about participating mm-hmm. yeah. in the divine life, yeah. and that's it's exactly the phrase that he uses right here. He
0: says, "So that through mm-hmm. them, referring to the promises, yes."
1: You may Nia in the may, divine nature. You may become yeah, a coin coin a participator in, in the divine nature. In God's divine nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So what is it yeah, what is that seems to me the anchor of all this mm-hmm. is participating in the divine nature. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that when the rubber hits the road, that's why all this matters. And holiness is is a good way to yeah begin to unpack how the bible thinks about that correct idea
1: yeah because in a sense humans are already called a divine an image of the divine Mm -hmm. and they are images of the divine i guess who are capable of being even more closely connected to divine through jesus who is the icon right like the greek word is the icon yeah that's right and so if we're
2: in the icon who is who is himself (laughs) <laughs> yes. Not just yes. an image, but also the reality behind the image because he says yes. if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Yeah. And we're brought into him, there is this sense of yes. really intimate, mystical, strange union <laughs> that is at the heart of the gospel. You know, I suppose
1: I think um I'm not p- super well read on the history of like the Christian missionary effort. But there's a, you know, Christianity has been compelling to hundreds of millions of people, more. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what, what's up with that? There's something really powerful about a felt need of the human condition that I ought to be, but in reality I'm this. I ought to be this. In reality I'm this. And yeah, the, like the biblical narrative, the Christian narrative is is putting its thumb on a really universal human feeling yeah. of lack of emptiness mm-hmm. or of disappointment or failure and then in the, in Jesus of Nazareth who's the embodiment of the whole story he's this he is that fullness meeting us on our own terms and then inviting us into something more and who doesn't want to be a part of that kind of story yeah um many people don't want to be a part of, of an official religious institution you know yeah. that's trying to, to or moralism. Of, or moralism or something. but And many people find fullness in lots of different kinds of things. But that is the essence of the story. And whether a person would say, I want to participate in the divine nature. Yeah. Most people would never say that. Sure. Or they wouldn't use that language. They wouldn't use that language. But, but I'm aware that I'm, I don't love as well as I ought to. Yeah. And I'm very aware that I'm mortal. It's becoming more clear to me every day. <laughs>
2: I want abundance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We all say that.
1: Yep. Yeah. So if we want to um, reframe holiness for people, um, we want to say that that those um, longings and disappointments are real, and that they they this is a C.S. Lewis theme, I guess. Then that it's either we're just projecting our desires and hopes onto this into the universe, and <laughs> we're just making this up. Yeah. Or those speak to something real that we actually live in a world where it's possible or that those needs and desires speak to s- something that can meet yeah, them that's a pretty ra- yeah it's a pretty radical
0: claim to say that that kind of life interacting with that kind of life is possible yes not just some yeah fantasy yeah that um you can live a life that is much bigger than being than common life mm-hmm. this divine life it, it's also becoming clear to me okay so here's another thing i'm thinking about if this is just about holiness there's some clarity for me about the word holiness which is it's really just that moment i love you talking about being at the shore mm. it's this moment of of that set of of coming in touch with something transcendent mm. and right realizing how other that thing is Mm. and how small you are and realizing how grand and awesome it is, but also how dangerous it is. It's Mm. those mix of emotions. Mm -hmm. That's this very Mm -hmm. nuanced, Mm. beautiful moment. Mm. That is the word holiness. Mm. We Mm. describe that as encountering something holy. Yeah. Now, if that's all we're trying to do is tell people that's what holiness is, Uh, we can just write that chapter. Yeah. Right? And then we can be like, that's holiness. And then we can maybe throw some stuff in about how does purity laws fit into that? And how does Uh Jesus Uh talk about it and change? And we can talk about the narrative. Um, But if we do want to wrap this, the other opportunity is to wrap this in a bigger conversation of Mm. why is that such a special moment? Mm. And Mm. is there any hope for kind of going through the veil and connecting Mm. to that holy thing? in a way that won't destroy you mm-hmm. and but will make you complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the that's a bigger narrative mm-hmm. that I'm wondering do we want to tackle that mm-hmm. in
2: this book. Mm. Interesting to think through the book of Hebrews in relation to that. Mm. The way that mm. that Jesus unites God's nature with the protocol mm. of mm. approaching mm. him, mm. right? He is sure. our great high priest. Yeah, who has who has really united in himself the demand and the satisfaction of the demand.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the letter to the Hebrews picks up, yeah, this the priestly traditions of the Old Testament that point out this gap and then says that, yeah, the incarnate Son of God is the fulfillment, the embodiment of that overabundance to us in human form. ¶¶
0: But just from this conversation, the word holy for me has gone from being a word that's difficult and loaded and feels even a little trite to feeling more inspiring mm. and and almost wishing that we did have it in a normal language. It's mm-hmm. that moment of like mm. that of this moment of transcendence, this moment yeah. of um, I've encountered something really special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and. And bigger and mm-hmm. more complete, and I got to I got to come in contact with it, mm. if only mm. by uh, by vicinity. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I I've only got to sort of see it, mm. but I want more of it. You know, there's this like if you ever met a celebrity, there's this sense of like, whoa, like you're I'm right next to you, mm. and and for whatever reason. They just feel bigger than life, mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. more important, and it's mm-hmm. this
1: exhilarating, mm-hmm. like feeling. You like, and usually that's because we ascribe to them some kind of more, more full existence. Yeah, they you, they, mu- they must be heroes. a human who's like more, just a better human, more than human, human. <laughs> super Yeah, we actually have some. Friends of ours, they're neighbors and friends. Um they they met the Pope recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and um and uh the it was a husband and wife and, and the wife she was describing what it was like to meet the Pope. Yeah. yeah what kind of m- words do you use in the situation? <laughs> it's... Compelling fascination or Compelling whatever. Fascination. That we talk, yeah, yeah, I mean she said it was it was like one of those moments where you're not in control mm. of yourself. And so she ended up Like looking away for a moment, and then she turned back, and he was standing in front of her, and Mm. then her cell phone was in her hand to take a picture. (laughs) And she grabbed the Pope's hand and put the cell phone in his hand. Just didn't know why. (laughs) Just was all sudden. And then all of a sudden, she's putting her cell phone in the Pope's hand, smiling (laughs) and not knowing what to say. And someone took a picture of that moment for her. And so she was showing me this picture of her looking. Into the eyes of the she Pope, she lost her faculties. Yeah, yeah totally. She was yeah, bewitched. But so we, yeah. But that's a good example where she's bewitched. Yeah. But these are Spell almost banned. always people that we don't know. Therefore, we you ascribe we, some yeah, mystery to Some them. superhuman quality to yeah. them, and then when we encounter them, we feel like we're in the presence of something of the holy. <laughs> right. Isn't that interesting. It is interesting. Yeah.
2: Coming back for a moment to um, reclaiming the word, what do you guys think about, because I've been thinking about how to handle, like, myths of holiness. Mm. What do you think about having, like, synonyms, like, almost like a little fake thesaurus and a real thesaurus of how the Bible uses holy? Mm. Like, Mm. these are words that you might replace Mm. holy with in your life. Arrogant. Moralistic, Mm. uh, naysaying, right? Interesting. um, Yeah. You know, you think of Church Lady from SNL. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stuffy. Stuffy. Boring. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But in the Bible's imagination, holiness is actually Ah. the opposite of all those things. Part of this
0: workbook will be making that shift. Yeah. To Mm -hmm. where when you hear that word, Mm -hmm. you get excited. Yeah. Instead of deflated. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sense I've been like after this conversation, the word now has this. This, uh, you used the word sparkle before, but it has this quality to it, which is just mm-hmm. kind of like it has some more pop and excitement mm-hmm. and vitality. Mm-hmm. Um, where before it just felt a little kind of dead and
1: yeah, yeah. What if you could interview Moses after the burning bush, what book, what words would he use to describe mm. what sparkly? Would he encounter sparkly, super <laughs> sparkly? Um, or Isaiah, yeah, yeah, you know, or yeah, exactly. Okay, so.
0: Full circle, I, the ideal, I don't know if we have to start by trying to describe the sense of the divine, our desire for the divine, but I still think it might be a good place to start. The idea is, again, just to flush it out, start with we all desire this divine life. Hmm. We could start there and then go, you know, what is that? This abundant, complete, full uh, and and then to take a step back and say in the next chapter Mm. why does why does that even exist or Mm. does it exist and who authored it Mm. and what does it say Mm. about the author Mm. if someone put that together this Mm. ideal Mm. and then that's then talking about (laughs) god as being holy Mm. um as as an act and then it and then, by the fact that he is the author of it, he is holy mm. as an attribute, mm. because he's the only one who's created something so awesome. <laughs> so, not only are you in the are you in the um, vicinity of the ocean, mm. being stoked out of your mind, mm. you can be in the vicinity of the of the God who, like, mm-hmm. invented the ocean, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is even more transcendent yeah. and divine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh the biblical authors but especially here the poets of of like the Psalms. I'm thinking of Psalm 19 where um the have you know you look at the sky and it's a statement or a, a testimony to God's gl- glory. Um and then it just describes the arc of a sun. <laughs> In, just a, a day's rotation of the earth, yeah. you know in all this metaphor, and it does, i don't think I don't, i'm pretty certain the word holiness doesn't appear anywhere in the in that poem, but the the encounter that I'm having with the ocean on that day is the encounter the poet's inviting you to have looking at the sun, crossing the sky, mm-hmm. and in both of those cases, you're being invited to yeah see a, a like a, a person behind these realities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what i'm actually encountering when i'm overwhelmed compellingly fascinated by the pounding surf is the author of the surf that's how the biblical authors want me to think yeah so that i am encountering a person <laughs> yeah in when i'm encountering the power of the um and uh, and the modern westerners have so many hang-ups mm-hmm. viewing the, the world that way sure. but becomes
0: too... um what what's the pantheistic? Maybe it feels it smacks of that. Is oh that
1: I... well, there, I guess there's that. Um, yeah, there's I guess more Eastern worldviews that the the ocean is, the ocean in, is in embodiment divine, of the divine. The I'm more thinking about the modern Western kind of Enlightenment child. Nothing but H2O molecules yeah. just spilling a, it, just, together. I live in a disenchanted world. A disenchanted yeah. world. It's, you know, it's just molecules crashing into each other. Well, and
2: Plato's in there, too, whenever we talk about this idea of the ideal. Mm. Oh, yeah. It becomes this very uh,
0: platonic calculus. <laughs> which which may not help us, you're yeah, saying. It, yeah, no,
2: it doesn't help us yeah. because it's almost too close to the biblical imagination. In this sense, you know, mm. I don't want to rabbit trail us, but... Plato's whole idea is that everything we see is a faulty reflection of mm-hmm. something that is essential, that mm-hmm. is beyond this reality. Mm-hmm. But the biblical imagination says, no, like this is a corrupted version, but it's mm-hmm. not a faulty reflection. Mm-hmm. And actually the mm-hmm. capacity for goodness is woven mm-hmm. in everything that we see, mm-hmm. uh, not only as a reflection, but but in its real mm-hmm. essential creative form.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you're saying that's... Uh... That's a liability of using the word ideal instead I, I of do. It, I, full yeah, fullness, I think we can move right. away from the word ideal yeah and talk more about
0: divine Fulness, completeness. or fullness, completeness.
1: Div-
0: divine as maybe an adjective. We, maybe, yeah. maybe
1: divine and we unpack it.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Full, yeah. complete, mm-hmm. abundant.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I guess I don't. I'm trying to think. There is divine as an adjective to talk about how awesome something is. A meal. Yeah, but are we looking for a noun? Oh, I see. Well, what is it in Second Peter? Isn't it a it, divine, divine? It's it's the word deity, but then as an adjective, as an adjective, divine. Hmm.
0: The yeah. But if we're looking for a noun, what would
2: the noun be? Is it too vague to say God's life, like His kind of life, His method of existence, His mode of being? It's got to be a biblical author that chose a noun at one point to describe this.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is it just kavod, glory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we talked about this last time, I think glory would be... Glory is the noun. Yeah. That's another word you have to
0: unpack, though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's find a word we don't have to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> doesn't... I know. Yeah. Well, we don't have to find it now. But, um, cool. I think this helps a lot. Does it help you, Paul? It does. It helps me very much. Cool. Great. And no, i just write it. <laughs> uh, I'll get started on that yesterday. Yeah. Um yeah, this will be a really, really exciting workbook. If we if <clears throat> yeah, if we can bring people from the stodgy feeling of holiness mm-hmm. to this very enchanted
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um compelling fascination mm-hmm. of this life. Um Yeah. Man, is there something there? Ah, this is a whole other conversation. Bring it. Well, this whole idea of being spell uh, under a spell, or, um, fascinated. Mm. Um, and this idea of being connected to God's spirit and having the mind of Christ. Um, I've been always just trying mm-hmm. to think like mm-hmm. practically... Does that mean I'm actually like, I get to turn off, you know, like when you're in a flow state, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling. You're in some sort of flow state mm-hmm. and it's like, you're just firing on all cylinders mm-hmm. and you're not really being consciously aware of all the decisions you're making. You're just mm-hmm. making them intuitively mm-hmm. and effectively. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's, it, mm-hmm. it's almost a sense of you're under a spell, right? Yeah, you're connected to this kind of like mm-hmm. m- energy. Some people call it the muse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you lose yourself, and then there's something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. to be with mm-hmm. um being walking in the spirit, mm-hmm. having the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. these kind of things, which is living life in such a way where you lose your sense of self, mm-hmm. you aren't so consciously trying to control everything and you're living out of this other power and in a way you could say you're 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 fascinated you're mm-hmm. you know you're enchanted. You're spellbound in a way.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talks about this when he when he talks about uh, basically living out the life of Christ yeah. in such a way that he feels like he's actually dead, mm-hmm. and that Jesus's life right. has come to life inside mm-hmm. yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> so that it's the Messiah working <laughs> out the works of the Messiah yeah, not through me living.
1: Paul. Yeah, it's not me living, but, but Christ, the Messiah, living in, in me. me. And or he'll say, "I worked harder than any of the other apostles at planting churches," and they'll say, "But." It was God's grace, yeah, His overabundant yeah. generosity through me. working yeah. through me.
2: And maybe yeah. we're back to Jesus mm-hmm. talking about how the living water will flow out of us. This yes. idea of total yeah. abundance and giving, where it's it's not sourced in us, but it is flowing through us.
1: Yeah, and it's us. Yeah, I mean, I, um, but it's not us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the
0: sense you get when like you're yeah. driving yeah. on autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. You drove, yeah. and all of a sudden you're there, and you're like, "How did I?" I didn't do, just do that, but you yeah. did it. Yeah, or yeah. like if you're if you're doing some creative writing or drawing and you just kind of get yeah. into that flow state and all yeah. of a sudden there's a 500 words on the page and you're like, whoa, did I write that? Sure. Um, I think it's that kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah, uh, we're close to, uh, this is, yeah, Holy Spirit territory in terms of theme video. But this is also, I was reading and reflecting on David's final poem in the book of Samuel, Second Samuel 23, and he opens it. As a prophetic utterance, um, the utterance of the son of Jesse raised up on high, the utterance of um, the sweet one of the songs of Israel. And then he says, God spoke by me. His word was on my tongue. Mm. And then he goes on to give this little parable Mm. about how a righteous king is like the son of shining on a cloudless morning, reflecting off the dew of mm-hmm. the grass and making the grass grow. And then how when a bad king reigns, he's like thorns that grow up mm. and dry out. And then you have to cut them down and burn them in the fire. <laughs> it's, it's, and then that's those are the last words of David <laughs> uh, in that poem. Mm. But uh, one, it's... One of the few statements in the Old Testament explicitly about the nature of inspiration. David wrote a poem. He woke up and wrote a little parable one day yeah. about a righteous king and a bad king. And it turns out that he was ended up being both. Hmm. Hmm. Like you read this at the end of Samuel and you're like, oh, yeah, David, you were actually hmm. were in both of these modes. But then he – the statement about inspiration was the word uh, – no, this uh, – God spoke by means of me, His word on my tongue, hmm. and so He was clearly in full possession of His faculties. Yeah. He wrote the poem. Yeah, <laughs> like no one else wrote it. He yeah. wrote it, but he recognized there's something different. Yes, about that's this. right. And so there's a moment, and the the biblical story is full of this. This is, I mean, I think the story is trying to tell us this ought to be our normal way of yeah. living in the world. Right, is so in touch with the divine life that we are. You could say we are just expressions of God's Mm. character in the world. Mm -hmm. And then all the ethical exhortations of the Bible are Mm. to be in that mode. Yeah. It's Um, describing that mode. Yeah. But for me, what's fascinating is, um, especially in modern Western Protestantism, churchianity, whatever, (laughs) we've so divided those two that if God's really at work, it must not be me. Mm -hmm. Or if it's me, then it's not God. Mm. Mm. And then we bring that to the Bible. Then all of a sudden, if the Bible is a divine word, it has to be a magical book that fell out of heaven. It can't really have too many human fingerprints on it or else we start to get hot and sweaty and nervous, right? Once the human agency of the biblical authors is really highlighted. But it comes into all these other ways, too, where um, I really am... Uh, it's an idea that says I become myself most fully when I'm most full of the divine life. Hmm. I'm I'm not less myself. I'm mo- I'm more myself than ever when I'm f- in touch with the divine life. Mm-hmm.
0: While you are also dead to yourself.
1: Well, I'm, but well, <laughs> totally. When I want to highlight how it's different than my uh, whatever more selfish mode of existing, I'll say it's I'm, not me. Yeah, it's the Messiah living I'm, in me. Yep. But then when I want to talk about it in terms of the image of God narrative mm. and becoming what God made me to be. Yeah, I'm fully me. Then I'm it's me. Mm. The and we're, word I, of the Lord is on my tongue. Mm. <laughs> yeah, It's my tongue, and it's God's word on my tongue. Anyway.
0: All right, that's a good place to, to end.
1: Thanks for listening to this
0: episode of The Bible Project. This workbook will be done sometime early next year. If you want to know when it's done, make sure to sign up for our email updates from our website and you'll get to know everything that's going on at The Bible Project. You can sign up for that at thebibleproject.com. We've got lots of other free resources available. They're on our YouTube channel and our website. Also, we have a new podcast. Tim has a couple decades worth of teachings that we are re-editing and putting them up on a podcast called Exploring My Strange Bible. So make sure you've checked that out as well. Thanks for being a part of this with us.